Good morning. I'm Sarah French. I'm Ben Thompson. This is WCNC Charlotte to go. Here are your top stories. Debate set to continue over a controversial bill that will allow gun owners to carry their weapons without a permit. The South Carolina Senate taking up what's called the constitutional carry bill, but opponents worry it could lead to more violence. WCNC Charlotte's Richard Debay now live for us this morning with the details on this. Richard. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Good Tuesday morning, all. The folks who are in support of it say it's a Second Amendment right. Those folks who are against it say the more people who are untrained having guns on the streets would only lead to more violence. Now, that's something, as we take a look at video, that the South Carolina Senate is looking into today. Their bait is entering into the second week about that open carry bill. House Bill uh, 3594, known as constitutional carry, would allow anyone 18 years or age or of age or older who is a law-abiding citizen uh, to carry a gun in public without a specific governmental permit. Under current state law, a handgun may be openly carried if the owner has been issued a concealed weapons permit after completing a gun safety course. Now, opponents of the bill say it would lead to more violence because more guns might fall into the wrong hands. I don't think there are any of us in here who don't want to protect our Second Amendment rights, but we also want to do our due diligence to keep our constituents and community members safe. It's just not the big problem that it's not going to be a big solution and it's not going to be a big problem. I don't believe it's going to be either way. And I think the best, as I say, I think the best part of the bill is the enhanced penalties. It might actually um, make our state a little bit safer. As, and this bill does include for uh, prohibiting guns from places like schools or courthouses and places of that nature. It does not have any letter, written information in it or laws about mental acuity. If someone is mentally unable or someone who is prone to violence, they don't have those things in the bill. Of course, this debate will continue on probably throughout this week. If they don't come to a vote, it'll go on next year's session. We're right here in South Carolina. Richard Devane for WCNC Charlotte. Turning to more today's top stories in your morning rush. In just a couple of hours, the man accused of killing a Geringer High School student last month is set to be back in court. This morning, Maji Major is facing involuntary manslaughter charges after he allegedly shot and killed 14-year-old Johnny McClendon. Court records show Major was showing McClendon the gun when it went off and killed him. Neighbors in Belmont are looking for answers this morning after several homes were damaged during a shooting. Belmont police say at least 57 shots were fired during what looks like a drive-by shooting. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Neighbors tell us this is not the first time something like this has happened. Police continue to investigate. This morning, Lancaster County is working on ways to use a new $300,000 grant to help tackle crime. It's one of nearly 40 areas to get funding from the U.S. Department of Justice. The money will now go towards collaborations with community and criminal justice partners to reduce crime. Good morning, I'm Destiny Richards. The Jewish Federation of Greater Charlotte is pushing an outshine hate initiative to combat anti-Semitism, mainly in schools. The Federation says Jewish hate has doubled in the Charlotte area, with many reports coming in the form of vandalism and verbal attacks. With Outshine Hate, they're hoping to work with educators and young people to raise awareness and create change in the community. This morning, North Carolina is joining a nationwide effort to improve the future of former prisoners. Governor Roy Cooper expected to sign an executive order looking to provide formal training and workforce tools for people in prison. 
North Carolina leaders are looking to increase the number of degrees and skills credentials this group earns by 75%. And that is it for your Morning Rush. Here's what's happening across the Carolinas. A South Carolina community continues to mourn the death of Somerton Mayor Tony Junius. Local businesses posted signs in town extending condolences to his family. He died in a car crash over the weekend. Funeral arrangements have not been announced. Some North Carolina schools say they are running out of money to replace laptops for students. Laptops were bought using federal pandemic relief dollars that run out next year. State leaders say it will cost around $250 million a year to keep replacing the devices. In South Carolina, state leaders hosting the first ever Governor's Economic Summit. Leaders want to use research to understand the current perceptions of the Palmetto State and find ways that South Carolina is different from its neighbors. And that's what's happening across the Carolinas. Time now to connect the dots. When we make the news, it makes sense. It's hard to believe it's been almost four years since the pandemic shut down businesses around the world. And this morning, an unwelcome sign for retailers that things are finally going back to normal. Landlords are now telling business owners it's finally time to pay up. Let's connect the dots. During the thick of the pandemic, a lot of retail property owners gave discounts to struggling tenants to help keep them afloat. But now, landlords say they're having an easier time filling these spaces, so they're pulling back a lot of those concessions. Rents are now up nearly 17% from 2019. In the last year, the Wall Street Journal reports store openings outpaced closures, signaling the demand for an in-person retail experience is on the rise. A bounce back from an industry that struggled to compete with online retail. And that is Connecting the Dots. Now to the day's checklist. Here are three stories worth knowing about today. One, this morning, CMPD is investigating a deadly motorcycle crash in Northeast Charlotte. According to police, it happened late Friday night on East W.T. Harris Boulevard. Police say the motorcycle driver hit a pickup truck from behind. They say the motorcyclist died at the hospital. The other driver was not hurt. Number two, this morning, CMPD Animal Care and Control needs your help. The shelter says it's out of kennel space again. They say a lot of dogs are coming into the shelter, and if they can't find space to house them, some dogs could be at risk of being euthanized. So if you are able to foster or adopt a pet, it could go a long way. And number three, Hornets coach Steve Clifford is on the hot seat this morning after being thrown out of last night's game against the New York Knicks. Clifford got heated and then ejected after a no call on a Brandon Miller basket. The Hornets falling 10-35, the third worst record in their division. Just a few weeks until early voting in the primary, but do you know where your polling place is? One viewer was concerned after seeing a post on social media and sent us an email asking if her polling place would be the same as last year. WCNC Charlotte's Megan Bragg verifies. Viewer Janice sent us this post. It says in spring 2024, Eco Chic, a women and teens consignment sale will be opening at the former Kohl's department store on North Tryon Street. This building has been a polling place for years in Mecklenburg County. So Janice wanted to know if she can still early vote at that location. Let's verify. Our source is Michael Dickerson, Director of Elections for Mecklenburg County and the North Carolina Board of Elections. Right away, Dickerson tells us the building will still host 
increased balloting for the primary election. We do plan on having that as an early voting site for this um, this uh, uh, March general election. Uh, early voting will start, as a matter of fact, the 15th of February. It turns out EcoChic is a pop-up store which will be operating from March 19th through the 24th after voting is complete. Dickerson tells us these polling places do sometimes change, but if that happens, the voters in that precinct will be notified. On election day itself, I am required to notify the voters of that precinct that their polling location has changed. I actually send the voters of that precinct a letter. He tells us it is usually the privately owned locations that change the most. If I'm going to a private location, I cannot demand it. Uh, The public facilities I can demand, uh, and that's what we always do, uh, unless there's a a problem. So we can verify that, yes, the old Coles location on North Tryon Street will be a polling place this year for the primaries. If you want to see where your polling place is, we have a link on our website at WCNC.com. With your Verify, I'm Megan Bragg. If you have something you would like verified, just email us at verify at WCNC.com. Thanks for listening. You can find these stories and more at WCNC.com. And join the WCNC Charlotte team weekday mornings, 430 to 7 a.m. Like and subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend.